Well, welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I am your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience with nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs, and mobile and online banking services. You're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors we're grateful for Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. And we'll talk about them throughout the show. We have a great show in store for you tonight, but I want to recap a little bit about last week. Last week, we had a panel of officials on. Very difficult, you know, to have officials on a show called A Coach's Perspective. But we did a stellar job of hosting them and giving them a voice. We had Dean Blandino on, who is um, in charge of the NFL officials. He is also the replay guru of collegiate and NFL professional football. So we appreciated Dean Blandino being with us. We also had Big Ten referee Ron Snodgrass and MAC official Ron Hudson. So if you want to go to that episode, you can listen to acoachesperspective.com. You can also find it on iTunes iTunes podcast, Spotify, Verbal, or on Helium Satellite Radio. All right, so tonight we are celebrating a championship, and later in the show we're going to celebrate a champion. We're going to have um, Coach Becky Mullis on, and we're going to talk about Coach George Wilson um, and the passing of that icon, and we're going to celebrate his status as a champion. Um, but before that, we are going to celebrate a championship, and not just one, not just two, three, four, five. We are celebrating the sixth championship of the Missouri Valley Conference for the Missouri State women's swimming team. And I am so excited to have two of their top swimmers right here with us. I'm very happy to ask um, to, to welcome Anna Miller and Sammy Romer. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Can I go over a little bit of your resume, just a snapshot of your resume? Yeah, of course. All right, Anna, I'm going to start with you. You're a senior from St. Louis, Missouri at St. Joseph's Academy. All right, so you set the Missouri Valley Conference and Missouri State records. That is incredible. In Thank every <laughs> individual event, 100 free, 50 free, and the 100 fly. I mean, that is incredible to Thank be able you. to do that. You played a part in a record-breaking 200 free relay as well and the 400 relay. I'm tired. Were, were you tired? <laughs> I was tired, yeah. It was really fun, though. Well, tell us a little bit about um, how you got your start in the sport of swimming. Let's go back to little Anna. How did you get involved in this sport? Yeah, so when I was five, six years old, my neighborhood had a swim team, and I had been trying all different sorts of sports. My parents put me in just about everything, and one summer I decided, hey, you know what? I want to try swimming, see what that's all about. Started it never looked back from there. I started swimming for my club team, Rockwood Swim Club in St. Louis a couple years later and just kept improving and started looking into colleges and then I ended up at Missouri State. Well and speaking of, you know, you probably had a lot of opportunities for swimming and, and I know that you have had a stellar career here and you're proud to be a bear. Tell me what it was about Missouri State that made you say I'm going there to swim. Yeah, so uh, when recruiting all starts in July of your junior year of high school, it's really overwhelming. You get calls from coaches, emails from coaches, all different schools all over the country. And um, I think for me, it was about being close to home and coming to a place that felt like home. When I talked to Dave and when I visited campus with the team, it really felt like a family. And that's something that was really important to me. And for my family, my parents to be able to come to meets all throughout the season, all five years I've been here is really important to me too. 
I think that's really special to be able to have that feeling. A lot of times you can just go on a campus and you, you just know. You mm-hmm. just trust your gut. And that exactly. sounds like that's what happened. Yeah, and I went to a few other schools that were bigger campuses, spread out more in Missouri State. It's a smaller campus with everything all closer together. It just felt a lot more like me. That's fantastic. All right, and then you have a teammate here as well, Sammy Romer, uh, a sophomore from Iowa. Um, how exciting, too. What a tremendous finish you had with the Missouri Valley Championships. You recorded a runner-up finish in the 100 fly. Oh my gosh, a 54.37. I don't even know that I could get it down and back. <laughs> a 54.7. All right, you placed fourth in the 200 butterfly, uh, finished sixth in the uh, the 200 IM. Um, I mean, you've had six career golds in the Missouri Valley Conference, and you are a two-time Missouri Valley Conference first team selection. Um, I mean, first of all, congratulations. That had to felt tremendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really good experience, honestly, like last year and this year. It's just kind of crazy to think about like how far not only we've come in like the past six years, but also just like the past two years that I've been here. Um, And like our fifth years, like Anna really have led us in a great way to do that. And kind of like looking at it, I've had thoughts of like, what are we going to do without them? But like they've really set us up in a good position to just be hungry for more. And like they're winning all their things and like we love them, you know, Mm -hmm. and they like bring so much success to the team. But like they've led us in such a great way that we're all following right behind them. So I think it'll be really great to kind of just like pick up what they left and just be hungry to get to where they were. They've kind of set the bar high, right? Yeah, extremely (laughs) high. But I think especially because they were in our program that set that bar, it just makes us even more motivated to keep that bar raised. Right. And well, then tell us a little bit, uh, tell us about um, little Sammy, you know, when you were wanting to get into the pool and start swimming, how did you choose this sport? Yeah, so um, my dad was a really big swimmer when he was growing up. Uh, He swam at University of Iowa, so we've been a swim family, like my sister and my brother were both swimmer. My sister's not a swimmer anymore, but my brother still swims. And it's just kind of like in our blood, I guess, so... Um, I kind of got involved later on in my life compared to Anna though. I was was about like nine or Mm ten. We trained for a little bit just to kind of like get good technique base before competing. And I actually swam like my first season. I think it was like the 100 freestyle. And I got out of the pool crying because it was so hard. (laughs) And my parents were like, just finish out the season like you'll be fine like just see if you like it and then I was like okay but I'm done after this and then at the banquet I got like most improved award and I think just like that hard work of just one season kind of paying off and like being noticed I was like okay I'll stick with it so here I am I love that I love that because you know a a lot of people you know most improved they think oh that's you know most improved award but that is such an empowering mm-hmm. award that I'm mm-hmm. so, uh, that is a wonderful story to be able to hear that that's one of the inspirations that helped you stick with this sport. And that's yeah. fantastic. It, it's a, it's great because I was like pretty slow up until sophomore year of high school. That's when it kind of like started picking up for me. I was yeah. not division one level probably before freshman year at least. So yeah. um, it's just been like really nice just having that like working base of motivation to get to where I wanted to be so yeah well and Sammy's talking about um, kind of the mentorship that that the fifth years have had um, with the team and the program and with six Missouri Valley Conference championships in a row Anna there has to have been um, that same feeling for you when you were younger as well that helped set that bar so what's it like to now be on the other end of it as the veteran 
Absolutely. So my freshman year, there was um, a senior girl on the team named Sydney Zupan, and she actually swam for my club team back in St. Louis as well. And she is just one of the greatest people, greatest leaders I've ever met. And she um, taught me a lot of what I'm trying to kind of instill in the team now. She was just an incredible leader, had an incredible work ethic, and just I think being on the other side of that now and being the leader and being someone that people look to, it's it's hard because you, you feel like, you know, you always have to do the right thing and stuff. But for this team, I think it's it's pretty easy because they're a really great group of girls and they want to do the right thing and they want to have successes, especially with the history that our program has. So it's been really fun. And it's you've got to have a lot of pride when you go to swim meets, whenever you're wearing the you know Missouri State University, that that is saying something when you're walking around. I mean, before you even dip a toe in the water, um, you've got to have a lot of pride in your program. And I think that's something that's probably very special that you all share. Absolutely. It's really fun, especially walking into a conference meet. Again, it's pretty intim- like it's intimidating being having going into this past conference meet on a five P. You know, you go in and you're a little nervous. You you don't wanna you don't <laughs> yeah. wanna break the right. uh, the tradition of that, but it's also a huge confidence walking in knowing, okay, we've done this for the past five years, we can do it again and we have we have the talent to be able to do that. Yeah. And I think this year we really showed like yes, we know that we've had success in the past, but we didn't just like let it slip away like we weren't just trying to get by to win like we were hungry to like dominate so like Mm -hmm. it was really fun watching some of these races where it was like seeing like four of the eight girls in a final being bears you know like that took work to get there and like it took being competitive like depending on the type of swimmer you could like slip into the b or c final not having to try too hard but like getting into that a final shows like the commitment you have to like representing the team so I think it shows too that we haven't gotten complacent with our winning Mm -hmm. you know we have that tradition and it's not it's not something that we ever want to get numb to that feeling of winning and jumping in the pool on Saturday night of conference is something Mm -hmm. that's exciting every single time yeah because our coach always reminds us like don't get too comfortable with it and like a lot of the times I think um we're just like reminded like nobody's perfect like we haven't had a perfect dual meet season even this year but we came through in the end because like we were motivated to do that isn't that that is so wonderful to be able to use not only the work ethic that you have the skills that you have but the tradition that you have to motivate you I think that's fantastic um well I've got I've got several other questions for you but we're gonna have to take a quick break um so can you all stick around for another segment yeah of course all right excellent okay well we're gonna take a quick break and we want to thank Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor again we're so grateful for them and we will take a quick break and be right back here on a coach's perspective Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective, and this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. They're owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact from scientific studies, professional dietitians, that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after workout is chocolate milk. And who has the best tasting chocolate? 
Highland Dairy, and they're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. I am back with Sammy Romer and Anna Miller, and we're talking about the Missouri State University swimming team. Uh, they have captured their sixth Missouri Valley Conference Championship, and I just think that is so amazing, and we're so proud of your efforts and what you have accomplished. Um, and I am sure that along the way, you had some help with chocolate milk, right? It's of a great course. recovery drink. For sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and of course, it's Highland Dairy chocolate milk. Mm, yes. <laughs> all right, so I want to ask you, you know, you, you all have been in, involved in several events. Do you have a favorite event? My favorite event's the 50 free, just because it's, we call it the splash and dash. You just dive in, go, give it everything you've got for 20-something seconds, and I just think it's really fun. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite, for sure. Mm -hmm. Usually, I'm like a balance between the two I am and the 100 fly. Mm -hmm. I guess it's kind of a mood thing, because the 100 fly is like pretty much a sprint. But the two times a spread of all the strokes, and I do like swimming all the strokes, so yeah. that's a fun one. <laughs> that is. That sounds good. And I like the versatility of that. I mean, you've got a little variety through that. Mm -hmm. All right, so tell me, so the, the short races, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you put your coach hat on for a second. <laughs> what, what kind of skills does a person have to have to be successful in the sprint? I think um, a lot of it, honestly, is kind of in your genetics whether you have fast twitch muscles or not um, my mom always said you can't teach speed so you either have it or you don't like some people are really really good at swimming longer events and some people are really good at swimming shorter events and it's hard mm -hmm. to kind of overlap those for most people but I think the fast twitch muscles and just being able to get up and go really quickly is really important for the sprint events mm -hmm. yeah I'd agree I know plenty of times I've tried to get into that sprint group which I have succeeded very few times, but I have. But um, I'm definitely more of a distance I am or trainer. So that's where I've fallen. And it's the same, you know, genetics. Like, it's just the way our bodies work. So I think depending on the type of swimmer, you can, like, Anna could throw down a perfectly good 500. And I could probably throw down a decent 50. But yeah. it's just, like, our strengths are just in our genetics, you know. Right. And so that answers my question about the distance, too. I mean, mm -hmm. it is, um, you know, something that you feel like is more personalized and what mm -hmm. fits you. And, and that makes sense. It does. Um, you know, if you've got, you know, little swimmers that are listening and they have kind of aspirations to, to go on to college, um, how, what kind of advice would you give them on, on their path? Um, I would say stick with it. Swimming is a really, really tough sport, both mentally and physically, because you can train really hard for a whole season and not see the improvements right away. So I would say stick with it even when it gets hard and um, yeah. Yeah, like kind of along the lines of that is like have fun. Like you're never gonna succeed if you don't really enjoy it. So like, yes, it's hard, but like anything that you want to be good at is gonna be hard. So honestly, just like enjoying what you're doing and that kind of plays into like what college you pick. Like it's gotta be somewhere where, where you enjoy it. Like even outside of swim factors, you know, like the school, the people, the environment, you know. I agree. I always do my best and compete my best when I'm happy and when I'm having fun. Mm -hmm. it, it makes such a difference. It, it does. really does. Mm -hmm. And and if you're not having fun, then you're probably not in the right sport. Exactly. I mean, even if you are talented in that area and you have some skills, if you're not having fun, what would be the the point? Yeah, it's not really worth it. Got to enjoy point. it. So you mentioned mental, and that's my next question. Mm -hmm. I, I am a sports counselor um, as well, and I work with collegiate athletes on the mental side of their game. And I, I feel like um, you know, swimming is a very mental sport. Um, it is something that um, takes. Uh, there's a lot of physics involved. There's a lot of angles. There's a lot of muscle. You know, there's a lot of um, you know the speed and the, the physical skills. Mm -hmm. 
But when you look at the mental skills, how do you mentally prepare um, before a race and before competition? Um, for me, I think a lot of it is about just trusting my training, trusting what we've done throughout the entire year and knowing I'm capable of achieving my goals. And now it's just time to kind of show off and do like what we've been doing throughout the entire year. And it's just time to execute that, I guess. Yeah. And I think um, a lot of athletes, especially swimmers, are perfectionists. So it's like you always want to do your best. And even if you do your best, you feel like you could have done better. So I think like a good part of the mental aspect is like just, again, like trusting your training and like, like realizing that you're worth more than like the time on the board, you know? So like, and it's all about just going out there and having fun. Like we, we were talking about like a lot of the mental part is easier if you're enjoying it. So I'm going to, you know, when you win, that's easy, right? That feels good. That's a great reward. Um, how, how do you, um, show resilience when you don't win? I don't like to use the L word. So we're going to say when you don't (laughs) win, (laughs) what is, um, how do you, um, how do you recover from that? How do you take that um, adversity and turn it into an opportunity, if you will? Yeah, I think um, our coaches here do a really good job about um, reminding us to keep our heads up after we don't win or Mm -hmm. anything like that. And just getting back to practice and working that much harder so that we do win the next time. And just knowing that um, we are capable of winning and know that we um, have that talent. So I think they do a good job of keeping our heads up after we don't win. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this program is just, like, really good at analyzing our strengths and weaknesses as well. So, like, if something doesn't turn out in our favor, there's always a reason. And I think if we come from, like, a down in our season or something like that, we're really good at rebounding and, okay, what can we do to make it better? And, like, say you have a bad swim, okay, like, if you did this wrong, you're not going to do it again, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, like, you always just have to look at the bright side that there's like better things in the future. Are you me. saying that you should learn from your mistakes? Exactly. Wow. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. No, but that's a, yeah. it's an excellent point that I think a lot of athletes forget. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have that perfectionism, if you will, mm-hmm. because they want to be perfect. And when they make a mistake, they forget this is an opportunity to learn so that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned your coaches. I want to give you a moment. Give, give your coaches a little bit of a shout out so let's talk about each one of them what did they do to help you along this season yeah so for me um so I train freestyle for the most part and Dave is the coach that does mostly freestyle although they both do a little bit of both but so I can talk about Dave um (laughs) basically just throughout my five years here and even before that Dave has believed in me throughout all of it and I couldn't be more grateful to have a coach like him he's um just a really great um inspirer I guess is the right word he's really good at uh, motivating us and um, I just have really enjoyed my time swimming with Dave as a coach as a mentor just as a person overall so yeah Mm -hmm. Um, Chelsea coaches like a lot of the stroke I am a lot more so I work with her a lot and honestly like we all say it like she's like truly amazing like and especially with the women's team like it's just like a kind of relationship that like you could see happening as like being recruited but like it's great like I remember there was one day during the season on not swimming related at all and I was just like mentally weak that day of like all of like the weight on my chest with like school and things like that and like right before 
right before uh, practice started, she could tell I was, I was upset. So I went into the office with her and just started bawling. And she was just, like, she listened. She was there for me. She made me feel better. And, like, that's the best thing that a coach can do, you know? Like, they really, really care about the person you are more than the time that you place on the board. So, like, they're so supportive. And they honest, there's, like, nothing that they could change to make it better. And I don't think that happens, you know, all these championships don't happen by accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's being able to coach um, people and not just players mm-hmm. and that kind of mentality that you're just talking about. Um, so congratulations to your coaches as well. And awesome. I think that's one of the best tributes is when a player uh, can bring out what, what kind of impact that they've had. And I think that's wonderful. Um, let, I want to I kind of close out a little bit with um, your balance um, because I feel like collegiate athletes, you know, you have a, you have a pretty hefty training schedule mm-hmm. and there's a lot of um, things that a lot of people don't realize you don't just jump in the pool and swim a few laps and then you know go to class it is a rigorous training schedule with a lot of skill a lot of mental prep um, you have you know your full-time college students um, some some of your teammates you, you may have part-time jobs um, how do you find that that balance because this is a great time in your life right mm-hmm. I mean this is one of the times that you're gonna have the most fun so how do you find the balance of being a collegiate athlete you know it's really really hard Um, And everyone says that, but it truly is really challenging. You know, we have 20 hours of training a week, and um, most of the other people on the team have 15 hours of class a week. I'm in grad school now, so I'm in nine hours, but that's still full-time for a grad student, so that's a lot. And just finding time to sleep and eat and have a social life and get everything all within 24 hours of a day is really challenging. But I think um, it's also really valuable it teaches you a lot about time management and how to get things done and do things well and especially going through similar situation in high school with a rigorous training schedule and going to school all day it that helped teach me how to have a better time management schedule for myself in college so I think that I was pretty prepared in that sense but it's still really really challenging and it takes a lot of effort and there's a lot of late nights and early mornings Mm -hmm. and just trying to get things done weekends where you're studying for 12 hours a day but yeah yeah I would like agree and it's kind of just something that we've gotten so used to it's not like it's not and as student athletes like it's not an option to not figure out how to time manage you know and at least for me I can see like my ability to work with like this crazy schedule because I'm not alone like we Mm -hmm. have so many teammates and we're all in it together and like I live with two two of my teammates who are also two of my best friends like and we all do it together we all support each other we make sure that we're doing what we need to do and I think that really just makes it a lot easier and then in the future when we're doing it on our own like we have a base of like okay this is what we need to do and mm-hmm. honestly when swim is like taken out of that as a factor like it's I feel like it will be a lot easier to understand how to manage time like in the real world you know. That makes a big difference, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, having that um, solidarity between the teammates gives you, um, I think that's healthy for all of your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that can help balance it. But I think when you're a college athlete, your sport, so swimming is a lifestyle. It really is. It's not a sport that you participate in. It's a lifestyle. Would you mm-hmm. agree? I would agree. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> that's a t-shirt. That's going to yeah. be the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I couldn't be uh, more happy to be able to meet you all and tell you face-to-face congratulations. I'm so Thank happy you. for your hard work and the perseverance and the grit that you've shown as Missouri State Bears. And um, I congratulate you on your championships and I wish you the best of luck in the the off season as you continue to improve um, and continue to pursue those dreams and those goals.
Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks a lot. Well, it was an honor. And so we're going to take our next break. And I'm going to thank Highland Dairy for sponsoring our segment, along with Dr. Greg and Melinda Burnett, as they support local and thoughtful radio. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with Coach Becky Mullis from College of the Ozarks. And we're going to talk about the passing of a legend in Coach George Wilson. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. All right, welcome back to A Coach's Perspective, and this segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. They know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, and they know service, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. You've got to give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call. They'll take care of you. They'll do a coast-to-coast search and find exactly what you are looking for. Call 417-326-7671. One. We also appreciate West Logging for sponsoring this segment with over 50 years experience. They are insured and professional timber harvest certified. Give Danny West a call and he'll give you a free consultation. Go to Facebook or westlogging.com. He's going to treat your land like his own. And we also appreciate Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. We are now joined by head women's basketball coach, Becky Mullis. You know, and coach, I would love to say that we are going to speak about your team and the success um, that, that you are having this season, but, but we are not. We're going to speak with you about a, a coaching legend and an icon in our area that, that passed away suddenly this past weekend, Coach George Wilson. First of all, I know that he was like a father to you. Um, I know that um, he was like a father to all of the players that he coached. Um, tell me, you know, how are you doing and how, are, how is the College of the Ozarks family coping right now? Well, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to talk about uh, one of the the finest men that I've ever known. Um, they don't come any better than coach. And so I'm honored to talk about him. Um, I'm incredibly sad, like um, everyone else, all of his former players and anyone that knew coach, um, we're devastated. Uh, but I know that he would be very ticked at me if I sat around and felt sorry for myself. So um, we're just taking it day by day and just trying to, you know, he would want me to focus on our team and get them ready for their next game. And so I've tried to do that. Um, and um, because I know that's what he would want me to do. Um, CFO has been, you know, we just have outstanding people there and I've been overwhelmed with an outpouring of love from my friends and, um, just the people there that knew how hard, know how hard I'm um, taking this. So um, I'm humbled by how they have helped me. And I mean, there's, he's been, uh, he retired nine years ago, but there's still a lot of people there that knew him. And so there's a lot of sadness. Um, People wanting to know how they can help and what they can do. And uh, we're in the midst of planning the memorial service, the uh, celebration of life which will take place at CFO on Sunday, March 6th um, at 3.30 in Keter Gymnasium. And it's open to the public and we'd love everyone to come. So we're all working hard to plan that and help the family ease that burden as well. So um, we're hanging in there. Well, I know the family is grateful for the College of the Ozarks family and how they've been embraced um, from day one um, with his association and, and what a special place that is. And, and I know that um, we definitely send our condolences there. You know, I, 
I know this is hard on you, and I know a lot of coaches in the area. Um, this is this is this is making an impact, uh, myself included. I remember picking his brain uh, more than once uh, when I was coaching um, and bouncing things off of him. And you know, you never really had to wait long to know um, what he thought. <laughs> you never really did. Um, and I respected his on the court brilliance, and I respected his caring and loving attitude. Um, toward the the game of basketball um, and all involved in the sport. And, and I know I'm not alone in that thought. What do you think the players that played for him, including yourself, um, felt? And, and what are they going to take from him and, and use in their life after his impact? Uh, I think we all played so hard for him because we didn't want to let him down. And you know, working with him, I felt the same way. Like I felt like I needed to work hard recruiting and game prep because he set such a high standard and it wasn't pressure that he placed on us. It was just, that's how we did things. And so I think, um, I think we all, we remember how he made us feel about ourselves, but we also remember just how much he loved us and, um, and how he treated people. So I think that's the biggest thing is the kindness that he displayed to everyone. And it didn't matter if it was an opponent, um, one of his players, a student, a coworker, um, somebody working at a restaurant where our team ate, he treated everyone with kindness. And I think that's the number one thing that you, that people um, take away from him is, I mean, we don't have enough kindness in the world. If we had, Mm -hmm. a world filled of George Wilson's, it would be a much better place. And so I think the way that we treated, he treated people, the way that he loved people, um, are, those are the, the characteristics that you, that we take away. And also I think he empowered everyone that, everyone who played for him, he gave them an opportunity. And that's what I've heard time and time again, is he gave me a chance. He gave me an opportunity. Now he expected us to make the most of it he would say, I gave you an opportunity. Now it's your turn to earn, to keep it and to, um, better yourself. But, he, but all it took was a chance. Um, and so I think that's, we don't want to let him down once again. So he gave us an opportunity to get an education and to play for him, but he was very much about women getting an education. And because he said, you, you never know what's going to happen. Like you get married, um, you never know what's going to happen and you need an education to fall back on. So those are some of the things that I think that we take away from him. Well, then what beautiful attributes um, for him to share. And, and I loved the pride that he had in his um, players um, at win or lose. It didn't matter. He just had such a spirit um, for his players and what they stood for. And I thought that was very admirable. Um, you know, okay, let's look at some of his stats. Um, you know, he could quote stats like no other. <laughs> so we're going to look at some of his stats. Uh, 47 years of coaching basketball. Um, he started his career in 1963, um, 31 years of coaching high school um, boys basketball, and then 16 years of college women. Um, he retired in the spring of 2013, and, and he had an impressive record of 1,006 wins and only 
384 losses, which is incredible. And, you know, you followed him as the head coach um, and you were able to see, uh, you know, as his assistant coach, being able to work with him, you knew his system. He had 16 years there. It was a national powerhouse program. Um, they won the conference 13 times, um, 15 conference tournament championships, um, 15 national tournament appearances, uh, court, four quarterfinal finishes one semifinal finish and four national runner-up titles and um, he coached multiple uh, all-americans 17 to be exact and then he had um, also 15 academic all-americans as well he was inducted in the missouri sports hall of fame the springfield area sports hall of fame and um, and inducted in the nai IA Hall of Fame. Um, he was the WBCA, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, NAIA Coach of the Year once. I mean, these statistics um, are pretty incredible. What, what were these characteristics? What is it about him that made him so successful on the court and accumulate these accolades? Well, he would tell you that he had great players. Um, and there's a <laughs> lot to do with that. I mean, and but he always gave credit to his players. He coach he just loved to win um and he did everything um he did it all legally I mean he he never cheated he never he was so ethical and he just did everything the right way like you never had to worry um about coach in that aspect he was such a gentleman um he was a great competitor and he wanted to win but he would do it the right way um and so I think yeah, you know, he's a Yankees fan um, and a Cardinals <laughs> fan num number two. But I would say he, he told me, he said, I'm a Yankees fan because they always win. And he said, who wants to be the underdog? You want to be the favorite because you know that everybody's going to give you your best, give them, give you their best performance that night and you better be ready. And so he he put it. He had the art department on campus um, paint a target on our locker room uh, wall. And still to this day, we tap it before we come, we take the floor. And it served as a reminder that we have a target on our back. Everyone is going to give us their best game and we have to be good enough to live up to it. And he threatened to take it down once. We weren't playing very well. And he said, he said, I will take it down. And uh, that's all it took. We, there was never a threat the rest of the year. And so, you know, whenever, even to this day, I tell our players what that target means, why it's up there, who put it up there, um, and the responsibility that comes with it. So I think um, that was his mindset, like he expected to win. And, but I think you also, um, we didn't want to let him down. It goes back to that fact that we did not want to let him down. And so we all coached as hard as we could. We played as hard as we could because we absolutely did not want to let him down. So I think I think those are the, I, I think that's why he was so successful. The way that he loved his players, we didn't want to let him down and he loved to win and he was a fierce competitor, um, <laughs> but a gentleman all along the way. Which makes such a big difference. Um, the way that he was so approachable and from high school coaches, even, you know, he was, like I said, a great mentor. Um, and I, I think that's something that is pretty incredible. We're talking with coach Becky Mullis um, about, the legendary coach George Wilson and his sudden passing this weekend. Um, you know, he was also an author. He was also an author. He loved to write. Uh, we've talked about his love of statistics, but he 
was um, he co-wrote uh, the state championship history books with Robert Vestal. That was um, one of the the, thing, the projects that he did. And he was like an encyclopedia for high school sports. Um, he loved writing. He was very good at it. I remember even um, he, he would email every once in a while and say, um, did you see this news outlet had the wrong year? This news outlet had the wrong this, this, and this. And I've got to correct them. And um, I just think he, he was such an encyclopedia and historian of our area um, and the state of Missouri. Um, and he loved being an author and he was very good at it. And I know that you enjoyed reading um, a lot of his things. Well, people uh, may not know just how brilliant and the memory that he, he had. So he could tell me, I mean, I think he re remembered the score of every game that he ever coached. And I'm not stretching that. He would say, I remember when I was at Camden and we were playing in the 10th game and we were seven and two on the year. And I had these starters and we beat whatever team this score. <laughs> and I mean, he could do that for every game. Um, and it was incredible. He loved history. Um, so writing that book, combining the history of uh, the, the history aspect and combining basketball, it was a combination of his true loves. And he, he taught high school history uh, for 31 years in public school and he knew everything historical. So if you wanted to know anything about a war or the United States or anything like that geography, he knew it. Um, he was, he had a brilliant mind, um, but he did love to write. He and Robert Vestal, um, and even he even got his grandson Austin in on it, um, writing the second volume of his book, and he loved every minute of it. He would call me often on his way up to a library because um, he'd go Highway Five from Lebanon to Camdenton, and he would go by the road where I grew up, and so he would call me and he said, "I just waved at the road um, at your parents," and um, <laughs> but he called me almost every time um, on that trip, on those trips to up north to check out a library and to get his stats for the book. So yes, he loved writing that book. He loved Robert Vestal and he loved the time that he had with his grandson. Well, I, I tell you too, we, we were talking about, you know, his on-court success is, you know, being an author and an encyclopedia and historian. He was also fun. He had a great sense of humor. Uh, sometimes a very dry sense of humor. And, and you had sometimes his one-liners you had to process. But he, he was absolutely uh, one of the funniest people as well. And, and you could tell that he loved life. He loved living. Um, and, and he had fun doing it. Well, he was hilarious. He could tell stories. And sometimes <laughs> he would still tell stories that I was there, that I witnessed. And he would tell it. And I'm like, I don't know that it exactly happened. But that story is <laughs> better than the one that I witnessed. But he was, um, he was, uh, he was a great storyteller. And um hilarious I mean just kids in class they would come back and you're like you never you'll never believe what coach did in class today or what he said and I'm like that only coach Wilson would say something like that but um you know he was great with officials um you know just he only got one technical in the 16 years that I was with them and he got it and afterwards I go man you didn't even get your money's worth on that one he uh, <laughs> he he laughed and you know he he uh we had a lot of fun with that and just the stories he you know on bus trips he rarely slept he talked most of the time and would tell stories and uh, those were great memories 
And I know that you will cherish those memories. And I, you know, I know his, um, he was a family man uh, first. Um, he loved his family. They were a big part of his life. I mean, when you're a coach, your sport is kind of a lifestyle for you, but his family was always in the forefront. And, um, and I, I, you know, they should have a lot of comfort in the amount of people that this man influenced and how his legacy will live in, live on in so many ways. And if you could just give us a, a snapshot of what coach George Wilson's legacy is um, and what people are going to always remember about him. Um, and I think his impact honestly will last generations. Um, he, his story will be told. And I, I hope that, um, that, that his family realizes how, how loved he was in this area, but what is your, just a, a quick snapshot of what you think his legacy is? I think his kindness, um, his compassion and just how he tried to make a difference. He, loved the game of basketball and he always protected it. He, um, he wanted it to be played the right way. He wanted us to act the right way. He wanted us to win with dignity and lose with dignity. Um, and he was a winner. I mean, he, you look at that record and what's fascinating about his record is that he and he always told this whenever someone would say something about his about 1,000 wins, he would say, uh, you know that I got to 100 losses before I got to 100 wins. So if you take out those those 200 games and look at his record after that, it's even more impressive. Yeah, um, it is incredible. And so I think, um, I just think the way that he impacted people and he used the game of basketball, but he also just used everyday occur life occurrences to make someone's day better. Um, and his family is very appreciative. I've been in contact with them um, and they're just overwhelmed with um, the amount of love and support that they have received. Well, I, I, um, I hope that you pass on our deepest condolences um, I will. And, and our love for him. And I wanna thank you for joining us tonight. I know this is very difficult for you. It's still very fresh for you. and. Um, we appreciate your perspective um, and, and send condolences to the family, plus you and all of your friends in the entire College of the Ozarks community and everyone that Coach Wilson touched. Appreciate you joining us tonight. Thanks for having me on, Jenny. It was a pleasure. I will. Well, we're going to we're moving to our our postgame talk. And, and we again, we, we thank uh, Missouri State swimming program for joining us and coach Becky Mullis as she remembers coach George Wilson. Um, next week, we're going to be hopefully celebrating. We're going to be recovering and recapping um, the collegiate national handball tournament. The Missouri state university is holding and we wish them all of the best luck. Uh, we will be covering them next week and hopefully that they will be capturing another record setting national title. So now for our post game talk, Tonight was two ends of the spectrum, celebrating Missouri State University swimming champions and remembering a coaching icon that we were not ready to lose. The memories from a championship will always be sweet and filled with gratitude of absorbing the rewards for your hard work. It will also be filled with grit and determination to be better than you were the day before. I can transfer that to our beloved Coach Wilson too. He was a champion that was grateful grateful for his athletes, grateful for hard work, grateful for the people that surrounded him each and every day, grateful for his family and for the many, many victories on and off the court that he captured. He was full of grit and competitiveness and perseverance. 
He challenged himself and those around him to be better than they were the day before and always move forward with integrity and honor. We celebrated championships tonight and we celebrated a champion tonight. Celebrate today what is in your heart and strive to be better than you were the day before. That's how champions do it. And I'm going to remind you as I do each and every week, be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.